Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Breaking tonight, coronavirus cases at Nashville bars and restaurants may have been so low, so low the mayor's office and the Metro Health Department decided to keep it a secret. A boy kicked out of class because of his face mask. He was told his Hooters mask, which you see here, was offensive. His father fuming. And we all want him to go back to school. <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, but safely. Nothing funnier than a line that ends in a verbal cul-de-sac about school. Nothing funnier. But once again, Kamala Harris just doing what she needs to do to survive the room. Man, there's a lot going on today. We have There's so much stuff and so much sound and so many stories. Alice Shattuck has been impressed into the burn barrel today to help out. Good evening. I'm back. All right. Um, Alice, should we work off your stuff or my stuff? Uh, start where you want. I'm, okay. I'll talk about anything. Let's start with this because this is, this, uh, actually, this is a cross-section of both politics, culture, and, and morality, and the men and women and husbands and wives. A boy kicked out of class because of his face mask. He was told his Hooters mask, which you see here, was offensive. Okay, quickly, Alice Shattuck, is a Hooters mask for a boy, maybe 10 years old, offensive? Yes. Okay, you are incorrect. We'll continue. <laughs> his father fuming. Well, the 11-year-old says he tried wearing the mask at school today, but was told to take it off. His father says there's nothing wrong with it. 11-year-old Ann Golba has been... Before we go any further, this uh, reporter is unable to say the word Ian. His name is Ian. She says Ann. So. <laughs> Which would, if, if, it was, oh, okay. if his name was Ann, to me, that would be a very different story. Wearing a mask from Hooters since he went back to class at Sunset Park Elementary last month. But earlier in the week, the principal told him... He said it was inappropriate because it expresses women's... Uh, 
it expresses women's body. Anne's father. <laughs> Do you believe it expresses women's bodies, Alice? I believe that Hooters is a thinly veiled reference to a certain part of female anatomy. Yes. An owl is the logo. And it's an owl. <laughs> so you think it's just totally, you don't, you haven't heard it's, anything about Hooters ever? simply about the animal. Simply about the animal. The aviary creature. Okay, so that Nocturnal. makes you and Sally who want to eat there because you're into owls. Because Sally always passes the restaurant. She's like, when are we ever going to go to that owl restaurant? And I've told her never because... I'm taking James and he'll have a Hooters mask. Okay, so... Hold on. Let's continue the rest of this. Hold on. Steve disagrees. He has not thought that there was anything wrong with his mask, nor does he think there's anything wrong with the restaurant. So Steve called the school's principal. He told me that it was deemed offensive. And I, I don't understand that. I told him, I said, I do not understand how that is offensive. Steve. All right. Now, <laughs> I am representing. I am the attorney for Steve um, here. But I will grant you, it's a little it's a little thick, Steve. You know, I'm helping you out as a guy here. I know. Tom's throwing himself on the altar of pretended I, ignorance. But... Um, yes, I think I think most of us are aware, you know, Sally is nine, she doesn't know what Hooters is, but uh, I think well, most people do have certain cultural associations with Hooters that are not generally something that I need in my elementary school. Thought maybe school administrators would change their mind, but Ian says he was told to take it off during gym class. I believe it was a count. Now that's not great, being told to take it off, right? Well, so I'm told that there's a virus around that can kill people if we don't wear masks. So so I'm thinking that that might be worse than the offensive mask in theory. If if that's accurate, which is that's my understanding right. of the they science. They all have to have they all have to have masks on because the virus is going to kill everybody and in mm -hmm. the moment the mask comes off and will contaminate everybody <laughs> and yeah. he'll also be contaminated and the kids will instantly all be dead. So maybe the ham-handed school bureaucrats uh, should get their ducks in a row. But apparently they got him in gym class. So he lasted that long before somebody said, you know, I've had enough of this. This is offensive. Counselor that came and she told me to take it off and that it was inappropriate. So I needed to take it off. I asked her if I was allowed to wear it inside out. And she said, yes, I was allowed to wear it inside out. Steve says Ian doesn't like all this attention. He was I also don't know if it's the guidance to just wear the masks inside out yeah i was about to say this so part of the question initially with masks part of the reason that the science is mixed on masks is because and this is one reason why i oppose masks on little kids also is that any positive benefit to wearing the mask is counteracted by the additional germs you're getting on everything if you're constantly touching the mask, not washing the mask often enough, fidgeting with the mask, etc. And I would think that taking the side of the mask that's the dirty side that you've been breathing water vapor onto all day and then putting that on the outside where if you scratch your nose, you're now going to have those germs on your hands is not... I would think that having him wear the mask inside out would be just worse than having him not wear a mask. I mean, in, in general, I think having little kids wear masks that they are going to touch all day is probably worse than 
not having the kids wear masks, especially given the low rates of COVID transmission on kids. But, okay. But so no matter what, the mask has to come off immediately or to be turned around immediately because Anne's mask is <laughs> is degrading women, objectifying women because that that restaurant includes well i'll finish it up and then we'll we'll lay the case out afraid that he was going to get reprimanded and in trouble and perhaps suspended from school i've never that's steve saying he's afraid of the attention and of course steve's got the kid on the tv now we're seeing a lot of this in the time of covid i can't imagine by the way being the person who has yourself and your kid on tv saying you love eating at hooters all the time i just i mean like just purely from i mean forget the well, aspect hold on i'm more there's, offended there's nothing, i'm more offended by how just like weirdly we, out of date it is to eat at Hooters than how it, it then the then even the contention about the we female will, anatomy. I mean, we it's will like adjudicate eating this case okay. once all the evidence all right. is in. We've all got right. 30 okay. more Let's, seconds of Steve and okay. Anne. Okay. reviewed it as um, anything but a restaurant. I mean, do, do we do we feel the, the women's body is offensive? <laughs> All right, Steve, I'm going to need you to uh, take the fifth Wait, I, Yeah, I think he incriminated this, himself there at the end how a little far, bit. I mean, he, how far to the edge are you going to take this, Steve? I understand that you are absolutely a Trump voter. I get it. But just because Trump is not afraid of the edge and to go further over the edge and lean and hang off the edge doesn't mean you have to. I don't know. I don't. Why it's inappropriate. It, it, it's not... Um, it, there is nothing wrong with that mask. Steve plans to take his son back to Hooters. What's the best part about going to Hooters? Why do you take your family there? <laughs> uh, we we do like the chicken wings. They ha- they have the best chicken wings. They that do is, not. <laughs> yes, that is the um, I read Playboy for the narrator articles. voice. That's the I read Playboy for the articles uh, defense of Hooters. I have been this facade that Hooters is awesome. There's a child hitting my wife's microphone, by the way. If you hear that, he's in ransacking the room. And since we're on there, there's nothing we can really do about it. But, um, but um, wait one second. Hang on there. I'm going to yell to the other kids. I'm going to mute ourselves. All right. We're back. The yelling was um, not a reprimand yelling, not a mean-spirited yelling. It was simply some directions for the kids. Go ahead. You can take him out of here. Yep, you can. Go ahead, grab him. There you go. You've got him. Perfect. 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 You've got him. Grab. Keep walking. Keep, Keep walking. walking. Keep walking Keep out walking. of the room. Perfect. There you Perfect. go. Perfect. Perfect. You've got him. Perfect. All right. Hold on. Extract him. <laughs> <laughs> Extract the prisoner. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sally, Daddy's locking it. On the top shelf of the pantry, there are K-O-O-K-I-E-S. All right. Calm has been restored. Peace is back. So back to the Hooters guy. When he says, when, uh, is it Scott? Is that his name? Maybe it's Scott. When he says, well, I've never viewed it as anything but a restaurant. A few things about Scott. One, he is, um, first of all, he's no doubt a Trump supporter. He is absolutely a Trump supporter. And he does not like the mask mandate. He does not like the school system. <laughs> he does not like the bureaucrats. And him sending that kid in with that mask was a way for him to say, screw you, to the school, to the system, to the to the entire spirit of the lockdown. Uh, there is no doubt about that. I mean, his, even his, his smile is bleep-eating the whole time. It, Hooters is not a, a, an exposition of pornography by any means. But... 
there is a chance that that your server is going to be voluptuous, and I never. I don't think it's I don't think it's bad for kids to go there. I mean, whatever. But I mean, I mean, everyone's dressed. But people in Hooters dress with more clothes than people on the street. Um, but it is that is the theme of the place. The theme of the place is that just like um, what's the thing that the um, the rainforest cafe? I don't know if it was a, it was a theme place. It was rainforest, you know, and then and then the food was fine. I never thought the food with Hooters was fantastic. That said, the Hooters on Route 1 in uh, Saugus is uh, free to change my mind here at any time. Uh, maybe I'll do a remote from there. Am I allowed to go there, Alice? I don't think you can eat indoors in Mass yet, can you? Uh, I don't know, but I don't know. Even Maybe they're other... doing takeout? I don't know, but I... So... Again, I wonder... So that's my is. feeling. This guy was saying screw you, and... Uh, <laughs> And that, that's it, Alice. So go ahead. You can condemn Hooters again. What is your problem with this fellow in this in, entire story? Um, the Hooters is not selling food. They incidentally uh, have food on the menu, but they're selling the experience of being waited on by a uh, chesty woman. That's what the. Um, that's what the. I don't know, but I've what, been told. That they're not all chesty women. Okay. Well, I mean, I assume they can't because that's like a discriminatory I would practice say, or something. I, would say I don't so. know. But but Hooters is selling at least the idea that that's the experience you're going to get when you go there. That's why the name of the place is a uh, isn't a double entendre exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it's certainly that's this is what we know about Hooters. That's the idea of it. And I don't think that. I don't think that that's necessarily an appropriate thing to be advocating at school, you know. Yeah, but a ten-year-old boy—he doesn't know, or he's starting to think. He'd be in class with your daughter in school. Uh, well, yes. So, do you want Hooters? I don't think it's not. Hooters is not a pornographer. No, but would you want your daughter working there? Were, um, uh, if she wanted to work there, I guess. Can I get free food? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. But that's not the point. Anyway, um, I just. I also think that if the little, if little Anne was wearing a Planned Parenthood mask, there'd be zero problemo. Well, I would have a problem. Right, still, but so. the school administrators. I'm consistent. Right, but the school, school administrators would not have a problem with that. But I appreciate that the dad and that uh, thing. Nice try, I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, good the, poker face. Yeah, good poker face, and I understand. This is a this is a these are the maneuverings of a Trump fan. I've got no problem with it. I've got no problem with it. I think uh, um, that it's um, that it's exercising your uh, free speech, and the Trump people have been coercive in uh, a few different ways. Some ways more subtle than others. It's not all, uh, you know, gaslighting with Hoover uh, with uh, Hooter masks. In Connecticut, uh, Ned Lamont was uh, going to. He had a press event outside, and these the Trump people. Um, I'm assuming they're Trump people. Just converged. They're sick of Ned Lamont just destroying the suffocating the economy, just like they did up here in Massachusetts. Um, and you know, they want kid. They want re- nor a normal life restored to their kids and to their 
to the uh, state. They want their livelihoods back. And um, so Ned tries to speak and it doesn't go very well. Hey, good morning, everybody. Give me a chance to speak, Ned. I don't think it's time to give you one. My three doesn't need to be behind the map. Can we just talk in a few minutes? No need. Let me just talk to these people right now. I'm happy to have a conversation. You had the chance to talk to me before you went up there. You could have called me back yesterday. You could have called me back three times. I've emailed you. Give me three minutes and I'm happy to have this conversation. Let me just say something to the great people of Berlin. We need to reopen Connecticut. We slowed the spread. Well, if you think being incredibly rude is helping your cause, I think you're wrong. Don't be rude to King Ned. Can you imagine that? (sighs) By the way, that he's inconvenienced. You know, you're inconveniencing his life. And he's part of government, so Ned hasn't been inconvenienced through this whole thing. Incredibly rude. I know, but now, you know, this is a press conference here. I'm trying to win political points here. I mean, a press availability. And one of the damn citizens is talking. Ugh. Is this 100 people? There's a lot of people here, Ned. Let's start counting heads. We need to put out some lines, I think. For His Excellency's Executive Orders. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Let me just say, um, I got my briefing, and the briefing said, this TOD is and I understood what that meant. You gotta open it up. What that meant is this is an extreme. It's a joint press conference. We, this is about opening up Connecticut. This is just what we're trying to do. This is about economic development. My three-year-old doesn't need a medical exemption to get to school without a mask. But she belongs in yeah. school, man. Well, anyway. Um, I think I'll just uh, short this, take this short, but I want yeah. to thank Senator Bizarro. I want to thank Speaker Arasimowitz. This is about growth and opportunity going forward. We're in the middle of a COVID crisis, and if we play, pay attention, we'll get through this. But- Expect to see and hear more of this stuff. Alice, what's next on the docket here? Unfortunately, uh, the disruption from our disruptor and heckler and uh, demonstrators who came in here and violently demonstrated Mm-hmm. Um, here and um, interrupted our broadcast uh, has chewed up some of our time. So what do you have in the docket? You have some So, news I mean, I think we should talk about, you know, playing off what this guy is saying. Like, the kids belong in school. Um, the remote learning's a joke. Uh, we recently had a remote learning incident here in Massachusetts that made the news. Um, this is... A, you have audio of this, right? No. Uh, oh. to both Fox 25 couldn't do it. Can you dial oh, okay. up on your phone for a moment, if you don't mind? Um, so this is here in Massachusetts. We just started remote learning, and um, and unfortunately, it's um, there have been some interesting an interesting challenge here in Massachusetts. This one you wouldn't expect. <laughs> right. It's just <laughs> it's really not funny, I guess. But um, you know, it's, there's a lot of chaos been happening around here, and sometimes. Uh, you don't expect certain things to uh, happen, but remote learning has its risks. So in uh, Taunton, Mass., a class just had to get shut down, a second grade class over Zoom, because um, an older sibling of a kid, I guess, showed up in the Zoom video and um, exposed himself and was doing a lewd act toward the kids <laughs> on video. <laughs> and uh, I mean, enough so that the dad who noticed he was interviewed on local news had to rip his daughter out of the room and 
was trying to shut down the class, but I guess the teacher eventually got it shut down. And uh, but I guess I guess you just never know when you're, you know, on video with a bunch of people who you don't know who's in their house, you don't know what's going on, and uh, and the content is a free for all. So. Yeah, and anything could be happening in the background. For instance, you have a fiery temper, and you could swear in the background if I'm if one of our children is having <laughs> true, a meeting. True, <laughs> true. We did have some problems with this in the spring. I don't know exactly. I don't want to implicate anyone in particular in the house for, uh, you know, getting upset in the background of Zoom videos. No, but um, could never happen. Could never but, happen. So this this. I mean that's a problem. I don't even know. And I earlier said, well, if you're if you're the guy, you you would record it so that you could show as evidence to the police. But then you made a point that that's yeah, not the I right wouldn't. Idea. I would not record the video of the child uh, right. exposing themselves. I would not do that. I yeah. not recommended. Um, so that's a bad. That's a negative aspect. But I the- mean, the teacher could be recording it just as a matter of course. And oh yeah, actually, then they could be in trouble. I mean, like it's. It's not great to have a bunch of kids uh, on video together unsupervised, generally Yes, especially in certain ages, too. Um, what else you got there? Um, what else is, is, should, must we need well, to Well, we know? have, um, as a millennial, I consider myself somewhat of an expert in Harry Potter. Um, mm-hmm. So um, the, there's news on the Harry Potter front. Uh, J.K. Rowling, who's... Um, who's been under some fire about certain comments she's made about uh, ways of including trans people. She very much does not accept the label transphobic, by the way. She says she supports trans people in their right to live authentically, all this stuff. Uh, She just, you know, is she feels that there should be certain spaces where women can be away from men and that the biological category of women is a useful category and she feels that for a variety of reasons including her own personal history of um domestic abuse that she has been through um so you know in women's shelters she feels that that should be like a safe space for women mm-hmm. um so all these the uh, the harry potter stars of course have ganged up on her and condemned her for it, which sucks. But the little oh right, because they're all little woke. Yes, and uh, Cobnobble and Blithel <laughs> Stilts and all these other p- people have all been uh, ganging up on her. But finally, someone's got her back. Right. So Robbie Coltrane, who plays Hagrid in the movies, who's he's older than the kids, obviously, who are in the movies. Um, but he's kind of stepped up and sort of supported her he said basically i mean he didn't really weigh in on the actual issues but he said i don't really see how what she said was offensive and he said there's a whole generation of people who hang around waiting to be offended isn't that the truth and he said they wouldn't have won the war would they so uh so yeah so he has gone out there and offended the people i mean he he doesn't want really the grief from it but you know good for someone for standing up for jk rowling to at least have the right to say this stuff you know she's gotten in a bit more hot water lately she has a new book out uh she also writes under a pen name robert galbraith really right um she writes uh crime novels under a pen name robert galbraith uh and her most recent one why why not write as rowling i think she wants well first of all because they're adult books and she wants to avoid confusion of like you know a kid picking them up but they're you know adult crime novels and i don't think she wants to feel boxed in by the whole harry potter thing you know well too bad 
Jesus. Well, you know, I don't know. But so anyway, her most recent one features a cross-dressing serial killer, which she's gotten Uh-oh. some heat for that. But uh, she says it's based on real well, is crime it, logs is and stuff. cross-dresser trans? By definition? Not necessarily. I mean, so what, are we going to throw out Silence of the Lambs now and all that stuff? That's that movie, right, that has that? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I don't know what his, what his big hang-up. He, he had some other uh, things going on, including skin-wearing, I think. All right, Alice. There comes the crying again. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Okay. Another big story that I wanted to jump to. Um, is um, this is and this is amazing. This might this should be certainly should be national news on every single news station, and this is a scandal of scandals. This is Nashville, Tennessee. The mayor is not even speaking uh, publicly about this as yet, but there is there was an effort to skew the findings of a the COVID testing in order to keep people cloistered away in order to keep people tucked away and in their basements in order to keep businesses closed this is damning breaking tonight coronavirus cases at nashville bars and restaurants may have been so low so low the mayor's office and the metro health department decided to keep it a secret emails between the mayor's senior advisor and the health department reveal only a partial picture but what is in them is disturbing fox 17 news dennis farrier has the story the discussion involves the low number of COVID-19 cases coming out of bars and restaurants and most disturbingly, how to keep it from the public. On June 30th, contact tracing was giving a small view of coronavirus clusters. Construction and nursing homes causing problems, more than a thousand cases traced to each category. But bars and restaurants, a total of just 22 cases. Leslie Waller from the health department asked, quote, this isn't going to be publicly released, right? Just info for mayor's office? Correct. Not for public consumption, answers the mayor's senior advisor, Benjamin Eagles. One month later, the health department is asked point blank about the rumor that there are only 80 cases traced to bars and restaurants. Tennessean reporter Nate Rao asks, quote, The figure you gave of more than 80 does lead to a natural question if there have been over 20,000 positive cases of COVID-19 in Davidson and only 80 or so are traced to restaurants and bars. Doesn't that mean restaurants and bars aren't a very big problem? Metro Health Department spokesman Brian Todd asks five Metro Health Department officials the question, please advise how you recommend I respond. The name at the top of the response is clipped off, but you may find the answer unacceptable. Quote, my two cents, we have certainly refused to give counts per bar because those numbers are low per site. Uh, pardon me? Come again? Jesus. This, can you imagine? They're strategizing from the top of the bureaucracy down at you, down at the public. This is disgusting. We could still release the total, though. And then a response to the over 80 could be, quote, because that number is increasing all the time and we don't want to say a specific number. Neither the health department or the mayor's office would confirm the authenticity of the emails. But Councilman Steve Glover. Can you imagine saying, okay, so the over 80 number, we won't quite release those. Just say it's always changing in whatever. But try to mix the other numbers in every other demographic, into the bar, into school, into wherever you want to close. Lover asked a Metro staff attorney to inquire. Here's the official answer. I was able to get verification from the mayor's office and the Department of Health that these emails are real, answered the staff attorney. 
Glover says this adds up to a cover-up. They're fabricating information. They've blown their entire credibility now, Dennis. It's gone. I don't trust a thing they say going forward. Nothing. Glover says he has been contacted by an endless stream of downtown bartenders, waitresses, and restaurant owners. Why would they not release these numbers? We raised taxes 34%, and we put literally hundreds and thousands of people out of work that are now worrying about losing their homes, their apartments, etc. And we did it off of false information and bogus data. That... You thought he was going to swear too, right? ...should be illegal. The mayor's office won't comment on these emails. And the question that brings up is why? I mean, they're just numbers. They're either true or not. And why? Why are you trying to keep them from everybody? I'm Dennis Ferrier, Fox 17 News, your Code Red station. Take a bow, Dennis Ferrier. That is some damned good reporting. Everybody involved in that decision-making needs to be fired. If they can be prosecuted for something, prosecute them as well. How dare they? They iced the business community. They destroyed lives. All for some freaking agenda. That is incredible. News organizations around the country and uh, you know covering this stuff. Get those FOIAs out. You know, get the um, get your paws on all these emails and these communications, and let's see exactly what's going on. Because you've been forced to. These governors, they've got nothing to lose. These mayors, they've got nothing to lose. You've been forced to endure this, where they've chipped away, chipped away. They've nuked your livelihoods, and let's see exactly um, what's uh, under the surface here, what's been happening here. Because what they've done, and Attorney General Barr, thankfully, and hopefully, I wouldn't, Trump wins re-election, and hopefully he makes an audit of some of these moves uh, a priority. Attorney General Barr uh, said exactly what this is. Putting a national lockdown, stay-at-home order, putting a national lockdown, stay at home orders is like house arrest it's not it's the it's you know other than slavery which was a different kind of restraint this is the greatest intrusion on civil liberties in american history yeah absolutely we can't have this we can't it, it, i mean kentucky has four percent unemployment i understand it's not new york and it's not whatever but then again these these democrats want federal measures equal federal federal measures across the country can you imagine if they get in what these measures will be locking you away and there's no press if biden wins there will be no press to protect you from this here's a member of the press yesterday as kaylee McEnany is walking away from the podium kaylee if he's a law and order president why does he keep breaking the law That's fine if you're like Keith Oberman. That guy's got press credentials to cover the White House. You would think you'd want actual information. No. He was videotaping that as well, and he put it on his Twitter just to show, you know, what a badass he is. I'm a cool, I'm truth versus power. This evil administration, I'm going to harangue them. And in my social circles, they'll let everybody think we're cool. These people are... I, I'm sick of saying it, but you know, you know what they are and what they aren't. And what they are not is reporters. There would be also a little bit more. <laughs> there'd be a little more, I think, um, said about the state of Joe Biden, who continues to have um, some struggles uh, when speaking in public in this 
Imagine they covered this guy. <laughs> so would you like to say, say a couple words? <laughs> Am I supposed to speak now or is, yes. is Karen supposed to speak? I don't know. I don't want to get in trouble here. Oh, it's me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, it's you. You're the one running, Joe. Assume at some point that uh, you may want to speak. The old Joe just would have spoken. But even when he does finally speak, man, he just steps onto the tarmac, enters this rocket ship, and it flies into the universe. You know, there's that great philosopher, uh, and he talked about uh, Jill puts notes up on my uh, on my mirror when she wants me to more I shave. Yeah, is that a good sign that you've got little memento reminders of what you're supposed to be doing and thinking moment to moment? Uh, to get messages across to me. And there's a there's a, a philosopher who once said that faith sees best in the dark. Kierkegaard said that. Well, and solace in our faith that our best days are ahead. Oh, good. Good. That sounds like a cogent point and not a stream of consciousness of somebody barely hanging on. And this is why Democrats are excited. Bernie Sanders is champing at the bit. He knows he's got in Biden somebody who he can push around. Today, uh, AOC, as a matter of fact, and... Is it What's News? Is that what it was? On the news station. I think it's called What's News from... Let me just find this. No, it's not the caller. I just want to credit these folks. They did such a nice job. Okay, it's justthenews.com. They walk with her today and ask her a few questions about Biden and concerns that she might have. So... Senator Sanders seems concerned that Vice President Biden is not progressive Mm -hmm. enough. Mm -hmm. Do you share those concerns at this point in the uh, campaign? I mean, of course I do. Um, We're we're different people. And clearly, I uh, in the primary, one of the reasons why I was supportive of Senator Sanders was because of how progressive his stances are. Um, But, you know, the primary is over. And right now, what is most important is to make sure that we ensure a Democratic victory in November. Right now, what is most important is we ensure the victory. Later, what is most important will be something much bigger. And that we continue to push Vice President Biden um, on issues from marijuana to climate change to, um, to foreign policy and making sure that we continue to fight for a progressive agenda in, in our future. What would be the main issue? You think it's climate where he needs to be more correct progressive or is there another one that you think is uh at the top of the list you know i think overall um um we can likely push vice president biden in a more progressive uh direction across policy issues i think (laughs) across policy issues we can push him across policy policy issues and she's right from policy is an enormous area where we can improve immigration is another one uh criminal justice is, is another area where, where we can pursue. That'll be the first one. I mean, you've got the inertia of the BLM rioters. Do a lot of uh, progressive direction. You know, there are some areas where we just fundamentally disagree, but that's okay. You know, I think it's important to acknowledge that we can have. In some- I don't know what machine is constructing the gates of hell uh, around her right now. But she's walking down the street on Capitol Hill, and for some reason, this Nazgul keeps screaming. In some cases, very large disagreements. It doesn't mean that we're trying to undermine the party 
or undermine each other. It means that we're trying to do what's best for people in the country. Have there been a specific policy recommendation that you've given the vice president? Because I know you've been involved with the climate issue directly yes. with the campaign. Yes. Yeah, so I've um, I've served on the climate unity task force uh, with Senator, uh, rather with Secret former Secretary of State John Kerry, um, that ultimately advised the Biden campaign. And I'm very happy to say that, you know, that the Biden team was very open, particularly on the issue on issues of climate to advancing and adapting their stances. Now, I think there are other areas that are gonna be trickier for to push them in a progressive direction. I think that, you know, they're they're pretty stubborn on healthcare. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're gonna be able to push them on stuff. They're pretty stubborn on healthcare though. I mean, we'll move him on that. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, he's stubborn on some things. I mean, we know we have him. Jesus. Good luck. Good luck to all of us. <laughs> oh, man. Meanwhile, the uh, Harris-Biden ticket, if you're wondering what's going on, going on with that. You um, need to make sure you have a president in the White House who actually sees you, who understands your needs, who understands the dignity of your work, and who has your back. A Harris administration together with Joe Biden as the president of the United States, the Biden-Harris administration will have access, provide access to $100 billion in low-interest loans and investments for minority business. There you go. So the Harris administration also today sounded off on kids going back to school. And, you know, this is a terribly stressful thing. In Lowell, Massachusetts, where I work, they just now delayed openings. Everybody's got to be home now. That throws parents off. It's horrible for people. Um, in all in a bunch of cities and towns in Massachusetts, and in your state as well, they're pushing stuff back. De Blasio in New York City just pushed that back. Can you imagine how many moving parts there are, especially if you live in New York City, and the help you have to get suddenly daycare and this, and then you, you suddenly you got to tell your work that you can't come back in. And for once again, in in minority communities, a lot of these people need to be there. If you're a street, if you're if you're driving a uh, the thing that cleans the street. Why can't I think of that? The Zamboni of the streets. Then Zamboni. It's not Zamboni. Then, you know, you got to be there. If you, I mean, this is if you've got a blue-collar job. You have to show up to these jobs. And, and so this is horrifically stressful for parents. Horrifically stressful for parents. I mean, we – my wife is smart, so she saw this coming, that these governors who lied to us about – Flattening the curve and then curve and then uh, opening up again. She said, "There's no way that this bureaucracy, this cabal of healthcare people and bureaucrats and progressives and anti-Trumpers and weak governors and mayors, there's no way they hold the line and reopen that they're going to close." So that's why we're homeschooling, which is also its own version of of um, hellacious, uh, but it is at least stable. We know. We know that there's going to be school tomorrow in this house. And don't worry. I know that probably most of you would call health services or youth services on on us. Uh, but I'm not the teacher. That's my wife, thankfully. But here's Kamala Harris talking about that issue. And, and one of the biggest dilemmas for any of us as a parent is what to do about our kids in school. Yes. K through 12, college, all of that. And we all want them to go back to school. <laughs> Right? 
Um, but safely. Yeah, that's not the way I hear moms talking about kids and the issue of going back to school. It is a complete, brutal source of stress for them. But, you know, whatever, whatever. Once again, like we started today, she says whatever it takes. Oh, the best moment of the day. The best moment of the day. And the media's not covering it because, of course, it's peace in the Middle East. And more countries are, are dropping into this peace deal with Israel. And uh, it, it reminds me of the, the um, Iron Curtain falling in, like, 1989. More countries, there's this, this, this uh, momentum now, and it's just catching on. And and these countries, these Middle East countries, had an agreement before between themselves that they would never negotiate with Israel while Israel was, quote, occupying Palestine. In other words, huge concessions had to be made. In 2016, John Kerry explained to you, lectured you exactly about what the hard truth of this was. There will be no separate peace between Israel and the Arab world. I want to make that very clear to all of you. I've heard several prominent politicians... I want to make it very clear to all of you. I'm the Secretary of State. I know the truth. Let me make it very clear. We are extremely competent. You've got me, Tommy Vietor, Ben Rhodes, all, all of the people responsible for bombing the crap out of uh, Libya, creating the Benghazi situation and the handling, mishandling that. The people who were responsible for creating ISIS and letting it, cult, it, letting it spread through the region, and then just mocking ISIS as a JV team. What's the JV team? The smartest people in the world. Here's John Kerry, the smartest person in the world, instructing you, lecturing, letting you know, you lesser than, that there's no way you have a deal unless Palestine's involved. ...in Israel sometimes saying, well, the Arab world's in a different place now. We just have to reach out to them, and we can work some things with the Arab world, and we'll deal with the Palestinians. No. No, no, and no. No, 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 no. I can tell you that reaffirmed even in the last week as I have talked to leaders of the Arab community. There will be no advance and separate peace with the Arab world without the Palestinian process and Palestinian peace. Everybody needs to understand that. That is a hard reality. (laughs) Can you imagine? And Trump went in there and did it. Can you imagine what these Arab leaders must have thought of John Kerry. Absolutely arrogant. So sure of himself, condescending. They must have thought, we got this donkey right where we want him. We own this guy. But somehow, somehow, Donald Trump did it. Trump administration, Benjamin Netanyahu, you know, guy that was scorned by the President Obama, Embraced by Donald Trump. Well, they did it. They did it. They did it. Hmm. How old are you, by the way? I told you before that I'm 47. And it would have been nice to have the skill set I have now back when I was 27. I just cooked a whole bunch of stuff in the grill today. And I've got to say... It doesn't matter now because, like, like I'm, I'm on the back nine or whatever. But I like the chicken was fantastic. The burgers were ridiculous. Everything is awesome. I didn't. I wasn't always a good griller. I used. To, I think I actually like killed a man with the undercooked chicken one time, like in in two thousand four. But uh, 
But everything was fantastic. Why don't they ever give you why and self confidence? You know, I have more self confidence now, and now I've done some stuff in my life, so I don't have to like, make. Like when I was twenty two, I just made up identities. Me and all of my loser friends did because we hadn't done anything, and we didn't know. We were so like we had no social skills, so we didn't know how human beings talked because most human beings had done stuff, and we were just you know skulking around bars and and really just at, at one point drinking unfinished drinks there was a point in 1994 when i was 21 when we ran out of money and we went to, to the nuclear option when we'd carouse around these bars and just drink unfinished drinks i'm sure by the way <laughs> is that covid approved i wonder what kind of behavior that is low before that i used to smoke half smoke cigarettes and it's really wretched am i saying too much but that was a young guy and a teenager. And but anyway, so so you just you, you have nothing when you're young, and and now you know at this age you've got something. When maybe like if you're in your twenties right now, let me tell you something. Um, two things you should know. I'll just talk to the Ben out there. Uh, maybe I shouldn't. I don't want to get in trouble. Hmm. Here's what I would say. No, I can't. All right. I'm going to say it anyway. Okay, not me, but I have a friend who would say this to you. If you're a young man and you don't know how to talk to women and you don't have any real accomplishments to talk about and you're a non-serious human being, as I was when I was 21 years old, this is what I would say to do. And this is strategically. This is out at bars. If, if well, all the bars are closed and they're out of business. So, and I guess with Tinder now, you don't. It, it, the algorithm just sets you up with somebody, and they like Amazon Prime delivers them, whatever. But, uh, but um, as disappointing as it is, if you've got nothing and are nothing, no, no, you know what? I take this back. Let me go back to 1994 when I was 21 and just tell this to me because I don't know what what goes through the minds of 21 year olds anymore, and I don't get, I don't get it. Though I have a certain respect and disrespect at the same time. I know what goes through the minds of some of them is throwing bricks at police. And that, when I was 21, would not have been an option. Would not have seemed like a wise idea. And would have resulted in a beating. And if I threw a brick at a cop in 1994, I would have taken a beating. And they would show a lack of interest in my declarations that they were too militarized. And nobody would sympathize with me. But anyway, okay. So here's what I would tell me in 1994. Tom, you've, you're unserious. You're a creative guy. You don't know really how to talk to him. You have no, you have no confidence. And like I said, you've got no accomplishments. And you've got a loser job. So in like I was I'm talking about just entry level jobs where the, the would be have been considered they're not really loser jobs at all in the in the big picture but jobs that if you were trying to date a professional woman in 19 you, you they weren't great. I mean uh, being a valet I was a valet parker at one point 
and that did not have the marquee value that you would think it would. I remember I actually saw a comedian once, and he he I was with my girlfriend then. I somehow got a girlfriend. It's a long story, and uh, and he said, "What do you do?" And I told him I was a valet parker. And he said, "Wow, overachiever." And I tell you, she never looked at me the same. It occurred to her how ashamed of me she should have been. But anyway, so this is what I would say: if you have nothing else, 1994, Tom, 1994, you listening, then. Don't think that generally the mo the, the the women are few and far between who are going to be attracted to you for your creativity, personality, your fun humor. Now that's enjoyable and they like that, etc. I would say to young twenty-one year old Tom Shattuck, and maybe you if you were in the serious area. Well, because, you know, the women who would enjoy that and like your sense of and all that stuff, they're not hanging out at the bars. Or at least the bars I was hanging out at. They're quality people. They were somewhere else. I would say that you should, your only and best chance, and I've learned this just by watching some friends back then as well, but it only hit me years later after I was withered and my soul was already dead when I was like 31. It, uh, If everything else fails and you have nothing else, just act like a man. That's it. No big production. You don't have to get bleep faced and you know hope that you stumble into a personality that's attractive enough. Just act like a man. Stoic, silent, like a man. Remember, Hollywood, at least at that time, was feeding up men. Stoic, a little dumb, um, strong. Don't have to have too many words. If you look like a man, just talk. You in reel your, take your uh, IQ down, uh, seventy points if you have seventy to spare, and just be a silent man. Don't try to be impressive or use your tools. And once again, maybe the two things have changed. I mean, guys wear skinny pants now, or maybe those are even out now. I don't. I don't know. A lot of things are different. Different. Um. So that's what I would say to 1991, you or me. And it's terrible that it has to be like that because you'd think you'd want to just be. And this is if you were just out there like on the prowl, I guess. Because you would think that you'd want to be. You'd want in a real and a just world then your great personality and your humor and your consideration, your knowledge would be taken as as something would have currency and, and you'd be rewarded for that. But no, too many times, too many times, you know, after the thousandth, thousandth time of you being that guy, well, the jerk, you know, pairs off with the uh, young lady, the dolt wins the day. It's like, okay, I see how this particular game is played. When you're older and you've done some stuff, then you have confidence in... And you don't, you know, the the facade of just a, of um, animating or the facade of just um, of you becoming this, play acting this man, um, you don't need that anymore because you have other things if you've done things. And thankfully that happens and you, you, you can be more impressive. But if you go, I'm just saying if you've got nothing. No game, no whatever. 
that's my um my only 25 year maybe almost 30 years outdated advice to everybody so i've made it worse uh, i've made the world a little worse with that thank you very much for hanging out i really appreciate it i'm sorry the kids have they, they rushed us about 80 times tonight threw us off our game in the beginning and Alice was great, of course. She's always great. You're great. I really appreciate you listening. Thanks so much. You can follow me on Twitter, at Tom Shattuck. Take it easy. Oh, was that a little too early? All right, now... Now take it easy. Hitting the post. C'est la vie. There's a lot that goes into this, you know? It's a lot of work. All right. Just think how lucky you are that you can do all this on your own. And Is that like... lucky, Alice? Or did I toil for many years? Okay, toil. I Thank don't... you. Thank you. Think how accomplished you are that right. you can do all this on your own, honey. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.